This is another digital citizen. This is a podcast meant to encourage logic through stupidity and chaos. A podcast meant to incite discussion between friends, enemies, countries, and religions. This is a podcast for us. For the digital world. Welcome citizen. Hello ladies and uh, gentlemen and welcome to another Digital Citizen episode 174, is that correct Luke? I believe so, yes. Hello everybody. Hello. Hello. We are not, we're not recording from a hospital or something. Nope. I, yeah, me. you sound like you're in a cave. Uh, like you're doing the show from Oscar the Grouch's trash can. Uh, do you remember Oscar the Grouch's trash can? Of course I do. I, I'm 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 living in Teleban. Did you ever see the episode of Sesame Street where they go inside of his trash can, and it's like this massive world inside of there where he has like all these friends? Uh, no. Yeah, you go into no, the trash can, and it's this huge, like, expansive world, like Narnia. I, I you. I, my, I remember that from when I was a kid. Okay. And uh, no joke this week because we we just got some new recording software and we don't really know how to use it. So it's if the editing is bad this week, it's Luke's fault and not mine for once. Right. Uh, hopefully everything sounds okay. <laughs> Fro's sound is a little crazy just because he's in the hospital right now, so he's got a little echo and a little yes. some kind of air noise in the background, sounds like central air or something, but nothing we can do about that. I can move room if it's that fucking irritating. No, it, it, it might not even show up on the recording, it might just be me that's hearing it, who knows, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, yeah so, um, uh, we can tell the listeners right now, uh, you will hear the podcast from here for a little while, because... Uh, I'm quite sick, to be honest with you, and uh, they are going to have me here for a little while, so uh, the podcasts will be from the hospital from now on, and at least at least two episodes, maybe f- up to four or five. I guess we'll so. see. Hopefully less, uh, but we never know. It will, it's just going to be what it is, I guess, you know? So... It is what it is. Mental health problems can can hit the most uh, perfect people. I can promise you. I have met lawyers inside here. I have met uh, doctors. I've met many people from many state and point of view. So it's not it's not a big sin to be mentally ill anymore. 
I don't. I think uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Actually, destroyed a lot for mental hospitals, and that everybody saw that movie and think it is like that. Sure, I guess so. I never really did, but <laughs> no, but but people people don't don't really know. So look, I have a surprise for you. Okay. And I have I have kept this uh, a secret from you for quite a while. Uh, at least a week now. Okay. But uh, I have actually bought you something in in America uh, that I'm going to ship to you. Okay. Uh, I want you to look in your Skype uh, right uh, now. Okay, let me open this up. Hmm? Oh, where is it? Oh, you sent it to me on that one. Okay. Yes. What did I buy you? <laughs> is that... It's a... What are those things called? I know what it is, but I can't remember the name of it. Like the... Broadery. Broadery. Is it? Embroidery. Right. It's an embroidered... Yeah. Uh, another digital citizen... Embroidery? I, yeah, I guess so. Mm -hmm. Like, you would see, like, mm -hmm. where... In, like, your grandma's house, where it says, No place like home, except it says mm -hmm. another digital citizen. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I bought that for you this week. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, I'll, yes. I'll have somebody frame it. I think that's what you do with those kind of things, right? And then I'll, yeah. hang, I'll hang it up uh, on the wall. So it's a, another digital citizen in three words and two small hearts on the side there. Thank you, Phil. Dig digital, yeah. No, you're welcome. And <laughs> I'd ordered it from... Uh, uh, a friend that I met on the internet that uh, in Broad's, Broad's thing, and I never got a uh, look anything because it's so fucking expensive to ship things. But the thing is, uh, this lady lives inside of uh, America, so uh, I wanted to get you something for your home, and because you're building a home, and I didn't want something boring like sweet home. Home right. sweet home, on the wall. So I thought, what we, what would be a better memory from me than uh, a broadery that says another digital citizen? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll send you a picture once I get it. Uh, I, I think I need to send yeah. you my address. We'll we'll do that after the show. We'll do that after the show. Yes. Thank you, Fro. That's awesome. You're more than you're more than welcome. So, some news. Um, uh, Margaret sent me this. Pope admits clerical abuse of nuns, including sexual slavery. Pope uh, Francis has admitted that clerks have sexually abused nuns, and in one case they have kept as sex slaves. He said in case of his predecessor, uh, Pope Benedict was forced to shut down the entire congregation of nuns who had been abused by the priests. It is the first time that uh, Pope Francis has uh, acknowledged meant, uh, the sexual abuse of nuns in the clergy. He said the church was attempting to address the problem, but said it still is going on. So... This is what Pope Francis said in when he was visiting the Middle East. Okay. Quite, quite, uh, quite rare uh, of the Pope to admit something like that. 
Well, maybe they're just it's... trying to get ahead of it, Fro. Maybe they know about it, and so they know that it's going to come out anyways. So you, you say, hey, this is happening, so that you say it before the press says it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So in a way, this could be a PR move. We just don't realize it. Uh, so I wouldn't give him too much credit. <laughs> uh, the female congregation dissolved in 2005 under Pope Benedict was community of Saint Jean, who was based in France. So uh, uh, in 2013, the community of uh, Saint Jean admitted that priests have behaved in ways that was against the, the chastity with several women in the order, according to French Roman Catholic newspaper La Crox. So, yeah, people that says that religion does nothing wrong should look themselves in their eye and look. And it's interesting because we will talk about religion a little bit later with our main topic this week. That's right. Yes. I saw something interesting. Uh, did you see... Did you actually see the Twitter CEO Rogan podcast, from? No, I didn't. You didn't get to watch it? It was no. not a great podcast, I'll be honest. It was kind of boring. Um, most. It wasn't that... There was a lot of people pl blaming Joe Rogan, but the guy, the Twitter CEO, he did not seem to want to... Um, he was he was politicianing it, so every answer was like he was twisting it and trying to like spin the answer a little bit. So he never really gave a direct answer to anything. But there was a huge backlash over this, bro. I, I know you saw yeah. that because I sent you the the whole thing about yes. it. Uh, massive dislike. dislikes uh, on this yeah. video uh, because people were saying he was not being hard enough on the Twitter CEO, not asking hard enough questions about um, the censorship that's been going on on the internet. Uh, then Joe Rogan came out on the podcast the next day, Fro, and he did, like, I think it was like a 25-minute, 30-minute part um, towards the beginning of the podcast. It was the one with uh, Red Band. So if you want to mm. find that, Fro. And he, he uh, responds to the dislikes and everything like that. Um, so go ahead and check that out if you want. But that kind of goes into our first story. Yes. YouTube will experiment uh, which ways to prevent dislike mobs uh, or dislike button mobs. Uh, YouTube is all aware of the potential for abuse of the dislike button. Tell me more about that. It says it could take, take steps uh, to make people carefully, uh, to make people think carefully about hitting the thumbs down icon. Project manager Tom Leong posted an update this week revealing that YouTube is discussing experiments that could prevent dislike mobs, uh, which I guess good examples of this are YouTube Rewind, and I'm guessing that has a lot to do with yes. this. Because <laughs> they were probably not super happy, even though they came out on the Twitter and were kind of dismissive about the dislikes on YouTube Rewind. You know that they, they were not happy about it. Um, no, no, no. It says it could turn off rating counts by default, require an explanation for the dislike. That's crazy. <laughs> or remove just the dislike count or remove dislikes altogether. So the t thinking about removing the dislike button, Fro, is what that last thing is saying. <laughs> Why did you dislike this 
this video. Here's a 30-page essay you have to write about it. Right. It, it must be 2,000 word essay before you can dislike a video. Uh, I love that. that. That would be so fucking asshole. Think, think of all those pages up and down, up and down, talking about I hate this video especially because it shows people in the wrong way. Also, the coloring in this picture was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like her hair was on the left and she didn't have her nail polished. <laughs> Oh, it says here, uh, YouTube has a vested interest in tackling the problem when a 2018 rewind set the record for most dislikes, like I said. But mm. it's a growing issue for creators as a whole. A surge of dislikes won't necessarily kill a video's chances, but it could reduce the number of recommendations and limit the video's potential viewership. Isn't that kind of the idea? <laughs> Is that your... Right? I thought... I thought that was the whole fucking point, to be honest. So if people make bad content and then they don't get views, you're worried that the people that make bad content won't get views? Is that yeah. the... That doesn't make any sense to me. What is that in your background? Is it's it your the chinchilla? I was like, what is that sound? Stop it, Felix. <laughs> he just Stop. looked at me and put his nose up in the air. Oh. We're recording, Felix. <laughs> yes, uh, another nomination for the 2020 uh, nomination. Center Kerry Brooker. Cory Brooker, sorry. I don't know why he suddenly changed his name to Kerry Brooker, but that's, that's okay. Okay. It's U.S. Senator Cory Booker, who gained national prominence in his fight over the Supreme Court Justice Brent Kavanaugh, announced Friday he would seek a Democratic party's nomination for the 2020 presidential election. Uh, it says here, injecting youthful energy. And then the next sentence it says, Booker 49. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they know what youthful means. Uh, became the latest Democrat in the fourth U.S. Senate to announce a presidential bid in what is expected to be the crowd, a crowded and diverse race of candidates to try to unseat President Donald Trump. Yeah. And this came, uh, he announced this to a, a crowd of roaring nothing, because nobody cared, it seemed like. Yeah, nobody cares about Parker Brooker, do they? Uh, well, I mean, there, he's like the secondary Kamala Harris. Like, if Kamala Harris gets nominated, which is what they're really, really pushing hard to do, and one of the reasons, uh they would want to do that is to maintain their uh, democratic corporate power, I guess, but mm. I can see him as being her VP running mate. So. Oh my gosh. Wow. Felix. Felix. Jesus. He's really at it today. Yeah, I don't know what his problem is. Okay, well, we'll just continue. This is all staying in, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Cory Booker is... He um, actually was against when uh, they tried to make it cheaper to import 
drugs from Canada, he was against importing cheaper drugs to uh, to decrease drug prices. So this guy is definitely working for Big Pharma, if you want to say that. So again, he's got mm. bad connections. He's done bad things in the past. I would not recommend voting for this guy. But he doesn't really have a lot of backing right now, it seems like, anyways, because nobody seemed to care when he announced. Yeah, no, uh, this is a weird, weird thing. I, I don't want him there, so uh, I guess, I guess uh, uh, I don't like him, so I, I, I guess uh, he is one of the people that I hope go, go first, to be honest. But he won't. He's, like I said in the past, they're stacking it so that they can take votes away from people like Bernie and Tulsi Gabbard, and then um, they'll drop out when they have a bunch of votes and give them to whoever the establishment candidate, who it, right now it's looking like Kamala Harris. I mean, one of the reasons they're attacking Tulsi Gabbard, so just attacking her head on as soon as she um, announced, is because... She is, I would say, one of the biggest threats to Kamala Harris because she has all the kind of uh, political things they look for as far as those kind of politics. Uh, what is, what's the word for them? Um, identity politics. She's got everything that Kamala Harris has except she's got better policies. So they're uh, terrified of Tulsi Gabbard. And talking about Tulsi Gabbard... Uh, she accuses NBC of trying to smear her as Kremlin stooge to discredit her 2020 campaign. Poor girl. Right, uh, and she is not super happy about this, obviously. Um, says Nobody would. The NBC News attempted to smear her as a Kremlin stooge. Okay. Mm -hmm. Recent NBC reports suggestions sign Russian propagandists are working to back her candidacy. Uh, in a tweet, Gabbard said NBC was using used journalistic fraud to discredit her campaign. The Hawaii congressman, who has had con controversial positions on foreign policy, uh, seemed to embrace the notion NBC was part of a broader effort to undermine her campaign because she has views contrary to the Democratic establishment, which I would say is probably true. Mm -hmm. uh, she formally yeah, launched no. her campaign on Saturday. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, this is a weird, this is a weird thing. It's, I, I feel sorry for this girl. I really do. It feels like they're really, really trying to attack her. And like you said, she's, she's maybe the candidate you and me would support the most right now, since Bernie isn't in, and uh, it seems like they are trying to do uh, as much as humanly possible to to fucking smear her, and it's it's so it's sad. Right, it's as very 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 sad. As soon as the um, smear of her as a teenager being against gay marriage went away, because she came out and apologized and people looked at her record and she uh, has like a hundred percent record uh, from one of the biggest LBGT groups out there as far as a voting record. Mm -hmm. Like she's totally backed by LBGT groups. So once they realize that they're like, Oh shit, come out with another smear. And so what, what's the first smear we can think of is uh, 
democratic journalists. Oh, Russia. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I totally agree. It's it's uh, it's strange. It's very very strange. Talking about Russia, we can't have another week without you on colluding with them. Because uh, when you push uh, out of an ar arm steel, they follow. See, there is proof for United States and Russia to collude. Because you did the same thing this week. See? If getting closer to World See? War Three is the same thing we did, then yes, we did do that <laughs> this week. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Following in the footsteps of the U.S., Russia will abandon centerpiece nuclear arms treaty, but will only deploy intermediate-range missiles if Washington does so. Uh, Donald Trump accused Moscow on Friday of violating the 1987 Intermediate-Range Nuclear Forces Treaty with impunity by deploying banned missiles. Trump said in a statement that the U.S. will move forward with developing its own military response options to Russia's new land-based cruise missiles. A.K.A. more nuke, nukes for United States of America. You're more or less arming up. Oh, look, I don't think we will see 2020. It's, well, yeah, this is not looking good. And then if you saw, I didn't put this on here, but Tron's going to talk about uh, his State of the Union, but... This, did you see any of the State of the Union last night? Trump did a State of the no. Union address. Okay. No, I, I came to the hospital last night, so. Right, I, I didn't know, know if they had had it, you TV in there or not, but um, oh. it basically was him saying Venezuela is terrible. We need to invade them. Iran is terrible. We need to invade them. Uh, he also said this week we need to maintain some troops in Iraq. Not to be in Iraq, but to keep an eye on Iran. So, looking like Iran, Venezuela, uh, Russia uh, were kind of gearing up and mm, pissing them off enough that it's, yeah, we're looking clo close to some kind of war. These people in uh, the U.S. government, there are certain people that really want a new, new Cold War. They really want it mm -hmm. because it's going to bring them all this money and it's terrible and we need to get those people out of the government as soon as possible, but uh, it's not going to happen. And I would say this is <sighs> Trump's fault, but and and he is the president, so it is a bit his fault. But all this stuff was going to happen anyways. This the oh, yeah, signs yeah. were already there. We've talked about how the plan to go into Iran has goes all the way back to George Bush after nine eleven. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's a very bad kept secret, as I call it. Right, it's, I don't, it's very, not even a secret. And the thing about the whole uh, us trying to kind of overthrow Venezuela is we do that, we've done that in the past, but it's so blatant now that and just so, mm. like, we don't even try to hide it at this point. We're just like, oh, yeah, we're doing that. That's what we do, by the way. So, yeah. <laughs> uh... We usually don't cover celebrity news on another digital citizen. I I actually don't remember if we ever covered any celebrity I'm news. I'm sure we have. Do you? I can almost guarantee you. You think so? Depends on what kind of celebrity news you're talking about, but yes, of course we have. I mean, <laughs> movie star celebrity. 
I'm sure there's I mean, some time in the past we've covered something, but I can't remember it right now. I know we oh, yeah, actually yeah. we covered Lindsay Lohan in Oh, Syria. that's right. I yes. That, yep. That was uh, the last time. But uh, yeah, Liam ne Neeson, uh, the star from everything that involves uh, a gun and a train and someone being kidnapped, uh, admits carrying a weapon, hoping to kill black person. What the, the heck? Irish, yes, the Irish actor, 66, said he had violent thoughts about killing a black person after a female friend was raped. Uh, Hollywood actor Liam Nielsen, yes, uh, has admitted for the first time that he used to have violent thoughts about killing a black person, the uh, blah blah blah. Nielsen said that he used to be armed with a coach weapon on the streets, hoping someone would have a go at him about something so he could kill them. Six years old made his comment during an interview on this new film called Pursuit, where he talked about his career to, uh, character Turd Stanger. Neeson told the Independent, where something primal. God forbid you ever had a member of your family hurt under criminal conditions. I tell you a story, it's true. He said uh, the rape happened a while ago and he found about it after coming back from a trip abroad. She handled the situation of the rape in the most extraordinary way, but my immediate reaction was, I asked, did she know who it was? No. What color were they? She said it was a black person. I went up and down Iris with a coach, hoping I'd be approached by somebody. I'm ashamed to say it. I did it maybe for a week, hoping that some black and something is beeped here, uh, would come out of a pub and have a, a go at me or something, you know, so I could kill him. The Taken Star told the publication it took him over a week to progress that uh, what had, sad, had happened to his friend. Okay. Wow. Well, that sounds completely insane. Uh... <laughs> That that would be your he reaction. He should be in the hospital with me. <laughs> Since it's insane, I mean. Yeah, that sounds pretty insane. That that would be your initial yeah. reaction to something like that is, oh, I best, I'm gonna go kill a rand random person. I guess the he's, it was kind of a grief mechanism. I guess he's feeling like, um, less pow like not less powerful, but powerless. He's feeling powerless, mm. and so he's like he's trying to get that power back. That's kind of the idea here. But why would you say this out loud? It's just a terrible thing to even tell people that you were thinking. Yeah, no, this is so weird. It's it's uh, it's very very weird. All right, uh, let's do a very very big jump to some Norwegian Scandinavian news. Tell me about how good we are at making food, Luke. Says Scandinavian Scandinavian chefs triumph at top culinary competition. Uh, mm -hmm. Of course. Yeah, what's the name of the competition? Look. Uh, Bokas Dior, Dor, Bokas Dior. Sure. Bokas Denmark, Dior. Sweden, and Norway yeah. took the top spot in France's prestigious culinary competition. Kenneth 
Toff Hansen, who mm -hmm. owns Schwickklav Bad Hotel, established Fischgensleven. Am I close? In a far north yeah. of Denmark's Jutland Peninsula, uh, saw all off all comers to take the prize in the French gastronomic hub of Lyon. Um, Scandinavian contestants yeah. have finished at least in the top three every time in the biannual. Bian, uh, no, that's not biannual. By bian, biannual event going back to 1991. Host, uh, hosts France by comparison have seven crowns, but have missed even the podium finish since to 2013. Mm -hmm. So yeah. It yeah. sounds like a French competition, uh, as far as French cooking. Yes. So, mm -hmm. the Scandinavians are better French cooks than the French are, is what it comes down to. So, Denmark won, Sweden comes second, and we come third. And we have won as well, look, just to tell you that. Oh, alright. Yeah. Not surprised. Yeah. We are very, very good at making foods. That's why I'm fat. Right, speaking of food, <laughs> Denver yes. to vote on whether to decriminalize magic mushrooms. Oh, wait, that's not food. Well, I guess it's mushrooms are food, right? Yeah. <laughs> food enough. Denver voters will decide in May whether to decriminalize possession of small amount of hallucinogenic psilocybin, uh, which would make it the first U.S. city to halt prosecution of people caught with psychedelic mushrooms. Citizens, uh, uh, the citizen-driven proposal, which election officials said this week reached the required number of signatures to be on the city's municipal ballot, will not legalize so-called magic mushrooms, but rather make them a low priority for law enforcement, according to its language. Uh, decriminalized Denver, a group behind the ballot in question, said the drug has medical benefits that could reduce psychological stress, stress and opioid dependence. Cool. What do you think about this, Ron? I think it's very, 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 very cool. I, I, I can't believe that I, I've gone from a very, very conservative person when it comes to drugs to thinking magic mushrooms should be decriminalized. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this, like I said, it's not necessarily decriminalized. I think. Here in uh, Oregon, there was there were, we were trying to do that. I'm not sure if it ever went through, or maybe it's going to go through next time. I don't know. I, we talked about it on the news at some point. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, And this is just another place, because I remember California had talked about it, but it never got on the yes. ballot. Uh, this is actually on the ballot, but this is more to just tell law enforcement, hey, don't make it a big priority, which I think is probably right. good. I think any drug that grows out of the earth is not inherently bad, in, in my opinion. That... M meth, mm. methamphetamine doesn't grow out of the ground. <laughs> mm. Well, um, you could use the arguments that uh, 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 peyote. You could, sorry, peyote. Yeah, peyote is just the Indi uh, Native Americans use that like as a ceremonial thing it, uh, in southwest of. America, uh, Native Americans are actually a lot, it's legal for them to use peyote on their re reservations because it's considered a religious practice. <laughs> Don't you have also cat 
cat is also organic, isn't it? What, ketamine? Or, uh, no. Yeah. No, no, ketamine Orange. is not organic. Uh, no, 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 it's called cat. It's it's something you chew. It's very popular in African culture. Oh, are you ta you you're talking about... Um, right, we have it here and we call it something else. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you chew it and chew it and chew it and chew it. Like right, they're a, trying to make it illegal here. Uh, right. But people use it here to for uh, to get rid of opioid addiction. So it's right. being used here for positive reasons. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what is Tron going to tell the truth about this week? Tron is going to go and give his own State of the Union. Hello, everybody. This is Tron, but Tron tells the truth. Since Donald Trump is holding his speak to the Union today, I'm going to pretend that I am the president, and I'm going to hold the speech to the Union. So here it goes. Hello, everybody, motherfuckers. This is Tron, your fucking president. I feel great because I'm the first man who's never been born in the United States to be a president of the United States. So I hope you fucking like that I taxed the wealthy 80%. Yes, they have to pay their fucking taxes. But they have something good in them. They now work 24 hours a day. Yes, they don't sleep because I also legalize cocaine. So they can keep it going all day. And that means small businesses who sell cocaine earn a lot of money on Wall Street. And we get taxes on them from the people who make a lot of money on top of that. I hope the legalized weed. Yeah, it's mandatory. We have weed classes in high schools now. And we're going to weed university. You can get a bachelor degrees in weed and you get a master degree in weed. We need a weed professor in every fucking state there is. Healthcare is also free. Yeah. I don't even only raise the minimum wage. I have basic and economic income. Yes. That everybody has the fucking right to money. Every fucking person in the state, nation. So how can I afford all this? Very easy. I just cut the military in half. Yeah. So military people can just go out and plant trees and what I do with all the military? Shit. Yeah. I just sell them to China. Like we sell everything else to China. And I get cheap computers back. That's a good deal. For my next term, I will do everything even more extreme. I'm going to take all the tax havens in the world and put all the money into healthcare, education, culture. Yes, it's going to be an opera and a hip-hop scene, and rock scenes, and stages. Every band could get tour support. They can be rock and roll fucking heaven, and hip-hop heaven, and music heaven in every fucking city. 24-hour party people might be our friends. And I gotta extend more, more laws. That means that I can sit fucking forever. I'm gonna be re-elected every year for the last 100 years. And when I'm dead, I'm gonna fucking clone myself to a couple of new 100 years as president. Well, so what are you going to do with all the rest of the shit? That's, that's up you to decide. This was the state of the union with Tron. Have, you, have a nice day. And now I'm going to go to, go to my annual orgy in the White House. Fuck you all. So that was uh, Tron Tells the Truth. Uh, we have an email address. It's anotherdigitalcitizen at gmail.com. Another 
digitalcitizen at gmail.com. No mails this week? No. Like usual, no emails. But we do have a Facebook if you want to go check out memes and songs and have access to our show as soon as we post it on SoundCloud. Go to our Facebook, Another Digital Citizen on Facebook. If you want us to open an account somewhere else because nobody likes Facebook anymore, go ahead and email us that at anotherdigitalcitizen at gmail.com. Yes. Uh, please do that. Uh, let's go into Manifest, or as I call it, uh, very, very, very weird this week. Right, okay. The uh, name of this episode is Upgrade. When Somvi goes missing, Ben suspects a fanatical group has who has been obsessed with the passengers from Flight 828. Uh, Michaela must face the consequences of her reunion with Jared, and Zeke returns to New York and has an ominous calling. Right, Zeke. Oh, okay. Zeke is the... Well, we'll get into it. I think he's the preacher guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, what do you think of this episode, I guess, real quick, before I go into it? Oh, oh this episode was weird. Uh, it feels like a mix between uh, Lost, uh, Without the Island, Exiles... Uh, Vikings in this episode because of the wolf that we were talking about and yeah it just feel did not feel like manifest this week that's for sure huh okay I thought it f- it was different but it also felt like we went see I feel like last week I should have g- given last week's a better score than I did after seeing this one because last week's was so much different so, so much different this went back to being kind of the same show it was in the first part of the season. Does that make sense? Where it was kind of like mm. half uh, NYPD Blue, half sci-fi show. That's what this kind of was being. Uh, you know, with the kidnapping and everything. We'll get into it, though. Uh, Flight 828 cult we open up with, which we saw before in the past, but now we're kind of getting into what this cult actually is. Um, and we find out they're being led by one of the passengers, right, Zeke. What do you think about that? No, uh, I, I like that aspect of it. I, I thought Sig uh, uh, is a good actor. Do you like him as an actor? Uh, well, in this character, at least I do. I don't remember seeing this guy in anything else, so no. I can't really compare no. this to anything. But he's pretty good. I like the ending part we'll get to where the church yeah. is full and Ben is in the back room looking over the him preaching to his flock. That's a, v- a very cool image for the show. Um I feel like they did this episode just for us because they know we like cults, but who knows? Um, we get Cal having a dream. <laughs> it, it felt very like, like oh, we we want to ponder a little for a look and throw this week. I know, right? Let's make it about the weird religion. Yeah. Because this is the first time we've ever seen this cult come up, and well, we've seen them, but this is the first time it's ever come up as part of the storyline. I guess is my point. Uh, but. So we see this wolf Fro talked about. It's in Cal's dream, and Cal wakes up and says, it's coming. The animation for this wolf is not great, I'll be honest. Not, no. Uh, no. Not very well animated. Uh, like we said, the doctor, uh, Sanvi, gets kidnapped by... Uh, it turns out one of these cult members, but it, her the cult member's reasoning is she's trying to get the, her to fix her husband's cancer. Um, oh, the cult. The cult's name is the Church of the Returned, bro. 
Mm -hmm. I like that name. I think it works. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think they will have a bigger role in Season 2. Um, yeah, maybe. I think it's going to have a, a lot to do with the season finale uh, as well, too. Mm. Um, Jared's wife found out that Jared slept with Michaela in this episode. She gets pissed, but it's a very awkward, it's kind of awkward and weird because Michaela was his wife to her, like, just a few months ago or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, oh, there was this one part where Ben is talking to the preacher, and it see the preacher goes, uh... I don't have to believe uh, for them to believe or something like that. And he says, and I've got plenty of them. Was he threatening him, saying, like, I can have them come after you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt a little so. like that, yeah. Um, we see the Major finally again, and I think she knows Cal is the Holy Grail, but she's not um, sure. Yeah, I, 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 I just feel like she's a weak character and it's kind of strange that say she's such a weak character in the, in the show because of the build-up she has gotten through through the season this season she's supposed to be this ominous uh, 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 new world order uh, kind her. of yeah yeah and and she doesn't even know she doesn't know anything that feels a like strange. And like, I still feel like this lady was supposed to be some famous actress that totally backed out at the last minute or something, and we yeah. got this lady because it feels like it's supposed to be somebody more important than it is. Um, mm -hmm. And then they bring up Gemini and something with twins. For some reason, the t Cal being the Holy Grail, is, for some reason, it has to do with twins. Not really sure why, but they mention that. We get our cliffhanger. Cal draws the wolf attacking Michaela, and then uh, Michaela, they're investigating this van, they pull the van up, and the guy is alive after being underwater for days, I guess. So, is this guy another traveler, just like, uh, what was the guy's name, not Jared, the hiker? Is he kind of similar to the hiker, where it's another person traveling through time? Who knows? Yeah, no, uh, I, I think maybe he was a hiker. It, it seems like that, didn't it? Yeah, but it, it also seems like, according to Cal, that this guy is the wolf, and he's going to be a bad guy, uh, the bad guy of our, of at least, because uh, we have the, the major, who is like the bad, bad guy, but I think this is going to be the bad guy that the calling is telling them to fight against. So. Mm. Cool. So what would you rate this episode? <sighs> Jeez. Uh, I, see, I want to go higher last week and go and then do a five this week. Uh, right. So last week I think I'm going to give it a seven in retrospect <clears throat> and then give this one a five. <laughs> yeah, I understand what you mean. Yeah, no, this felt worse, but uh, not as bad as a four. So I, I think I would give it a 4.5 or a 5 as well. Okay. Makes sense. It's just, uh, just a fucking weird show, show now. It's getting more and more absurd. Right. They're definitely just writing it as it goes. And it's clear, like, they're going to have some kind of wrap-up, but none of it's going to make sense. And it's, there's going to be all these questions we have that never get answered. So just get ready for that. <laughs> 
so, have you seen any TV this week? Uh, I know I have. Let's start with uh, something that you love and you can't wait for me to tell you about every week. The Masked Singer look. Huzzah. Was also, <laughs> was also this week. And uh, the one that went out this week was the Unicorn. And under the mask was Tori Spelling. Okay. Tori Spelling. Tori Spelling. Really, really fitness in the 90s. Right. Yeah. I remember Tori Spelling. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Still people we don't know who is. Uh, still very, very annoying that we know. Uh, we know... At least five out of the uh, last seven. All right. Um, uh, like include some things like they gave us. And that's oh, right. Okay, now I know why I knew Tori. I was like, how do I know that it was Tori Spelling? It's because me and you watched the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes. And you told me when we were watching the Super Bowl. I was like, how do I know this? I, I should not know... <laughs> Who got kicked out of the mass singer? I should not know that. That should not be part of my brain. It's because we watched the Super Bowl. We were talking about the Super Bowl right now. How about that? Sure. It was boring as hell. <laughs> yes. That's uh, over oh that's our conversation about it. It was shit. I definitely have something to mention about the commercials. Uh mili yes. military misdirect uh commercials. <laughs> because there so were all many. these commercials that was like at the very the whole beginning of the commercial was like uh, our veterans are moving towards this and like these moving mm -hmm. just flags waving and these very epic uh, orchestral background music and then it would be like Starbucks and you're like what <laughs> yeah and you were tricked once they tricked you with a uh, you were a hundred percent sure it was military commercial and then suddenly it was a a, a car commercial and right. uh, that was funny. there were a few of them but I after, don't know after the first one the first one is the one that tricked me and then after that I was like okay yeah. I get this because there were a few it, like few of them that were like that uh, but uh, I would say it uh, was worse entertainment wise on the field it was worse entertainment wise on the commercial side, and it was a very, very shit halftime show. So, all in all, uh, we didn't have that fun, but we made a few friends, uh, look. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, hello to Steve. Steve, yeah, if Steve. you listen to this. Yeah, it was very, very nice to meet you. And a friend on, on the other side of the political aisle, so it's always fun yes. to, like, kind of get another perspective on things, uh, especially when you're just hanging out, kind of bullshitting while you're watching a stupid football game. Cause yeah. it, no, the cool part was none of us care about football. Even he didn't no. give a crap about football. Uh, the commercials, I think we said the best one was the Burger King Andy Warhol commercial, but I think there was a funny one towards the beginning of the Super Bowl as well that I can't really remember what it was. But yeah. the Burger King Andy Warhol one, Fro was like, that can't be real. <laughs> and I was like, nope, that's real. Yeah. I like that one. Uh, I I remember that we liked the dog one, as well. It was a good one with the dog. 
and that? where they pretend to be in uh, uh, that it's a movie commercial, uh, but it it wasn't a commercial for a movie. That was also a good one. Oh, I don't remember that one. I remember the dog one, but I don't remember that one. Yeah, yeah but overall, yeah, well, the when, commercials... When it was a scary, scary movie. Do you remember the scary movies thing that we thought was a commercial for a movie coming out? And it wasn't a movie coming out, but something completely different. No, I totally... With like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't remember at all. I have to look it up again. Uh, you know, there's YouTube compilations of, like, the best 2019 Super Bowl commercials, which they're probably, like, a four-minute video this year because there really wasn't all that good, I that many good ones. I think, it, I think it was a commercial for Peanuts, if I don't... Uh, remembering. Oh, I do remember yeah. that. Right, and he runs in mm -hmm. and dives with the peanuts to like, yeah, yeah save the guy from bad mm -hmm. hors d'oeuvres. Yeah, I do yeah. remember that. Okay. But yeah, uh, that was the Super Bowl. Oh, Mr. Beast. Uh, you want to say anything about that? Well, yeah, we... we, we um, I said, look, an article. Uh, he said on his YouTube channel that he would put a five million spots in the Super Bowl. It wasn't there, but they were there with t-shirts in a hard camera place. So when when uh, it was over uh, the line and oh a my field God, goal, it was never right? Over. When they were going for yes. a field goal, right? You could see them you, on camera. You could see it. Yes, but uh, since there were never any field goals in this, there was one match. field goal on that end. <laughs> right, it was a very low-scoring game. If it would have been a higher-scoring game, they would have been on camera oh, a lot so more. Boring. Yeah, so boring. <laughs> it was like the la last quarter. I was so tired. I was complaining. I was like, "Can I go to bed soon, please?" It was so boring. So boring. But I didn't. I didn't sleep. Look, are you proud of me? That's right. Yeah, well, you were awake the whole time, even though it was incredibly boring, and I even wanted to fall asleep, and it got done at whatever, 8 o'clock for me, so... Uh, <laughs> anything else you saw this week? Um, yeah, I I saw... Um, let's pretend it's not American uh, Got Talent uh, after the Super Bowl. Uh, the Best of the Best, or something it's called, I think. Okay. Um... And uh, I can tell you, it is uh, so trying to not be America Got Talent that it's uh, it's America Got Got Talent just on a different channel. Okay, yeah, yeah. They're tr well, I don't know. It, that's such an old show. I don't, it's not like they're like, oh, that's doing great ratings right now, so we better compete with it. I don't think that. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Uh, I saw something that yep. was also advertised on the Super Bowl. I don't know if you saw this. Hannah? Hannah? Yep. Right, first Fucking episode. Amazing. Have you seen anything I about when it. they're going to release the rest of the season? No, but I loved it. It was so good. I thought it was very good. I gave this episode a 7. What'd you give it? I give it an 8. I loved it. Loved it. Wait, it's about a little girl who... Uh, is living in the woods because her father is being um, sought after by the government. And then she, as a curious little kid would do, kind of wanders off and finds a friend uh, who I'm assuming we're going to see more of that kid as part of the storyline yeah. and everything. 
Um, you know what I was thinking? Mm. I was thinking the village, the village, the TV show. Oh. <laughs> M Night Shyamalan's the village. Maybe the TV I mean, show. not, not <laughs> Just, quite, but yeah. I was assuming she's going to have some kind of superpowers, but I don't know if that's necessarily what this is. I don't know. Uh, but overall, yeah, I thought it was very good. Anything else? I saw one other thing, so. I binged something that I think you are fucking going to love, Luke. I'm guessing it's the same thing I saw this week, so go ahead. I think I've seen this year's best show already. And I'm not fucking kidding you. Okay. It's called R Russian Doll. Right, that's the thing I saw. Good. Um, it's uh, Groundhog Day, the TV show. <laughs> right, it's, yeah. Except, it's, uh, um, uh, it, except yeah. it gets multiplied at some, at some point. But yes, mm -hmm. uh, it is kind of that. But it's it's more indie. There are certain parts of it that I was kind of like, this is trying a little too hard to be like this uh, New York. I, I don't know. The the whole like New York vibe, it felt a little too like strong for me. Yeah. Like they were trying a little too hard. But once you get past mm. that and you realize this is it's stylistic, it's a stylistic choice to make these characters over the top. You know what I mean? Uh, mm -hmm. So once I got past kind of the first iteration, and not to spoil anything for anybody, that's when I got mm. used to it and I was able to go, okay, yeah, I get this. I, I got it in episode two. Episode two, I, I think I never laughed so much over an episode than I did of episode two. And I, 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 just, I just, I fell in love with the character. She's so flawed and she's such an awful... <laughs> woman in the beginning and it's like uh, I was also thinking happy death day to you um, or whatever it's called no that's the, the uh, sequel that, they ha that hasn't come out yet but I keep right. seeing the commercials on YouTube like the commercials for that are all over YouTube but yeah the first one right. was just happy death day I think yeah, happy death day yeah. I, I, I was thinking that with Groundhog Day uh, there's so many things about this that I just loved. I, 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 I think the acting in this is amazing. I think uh, the storyline is amazing. And it's so binge-worthy. It's, it's such a binge show. I, I don't recommend people uh, just seeing one episode uh, a week. I think this is something you should sit down and binge and just fucking enjoy. And it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely my favorite show of the year so far. Okay. Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, I didn't see the episode last night because I was busy getting everything ready for the show today, but Project Blue Book <laughs> is probably the best show I've seen this year. So far, mm. but I think this is a close second, if not tied. Um, mm. I gave this an overall eight. Uh, I, yeah, I gave it a nine. I think it definitely has potential for a second season as well. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. a lot of people would enjoy it. Uh, I would compare her character to the character Bender in Futurama. Yes. Yeah. Yep. She's very Bender in Futurama. I totally agree. 
And uh, what did you think about uh, the ending without spoiling anything? Uh, the two two endings, I would call it. Right. Um. Yeah, I think that's where we have the potential for the next season. Uh, yeah. It definitely, that's what they used to set up for the next season. I can see where how the next season is going to go uh, and how we it's going to work. So, yeah, yeah. excited for it. So with us, I, we have a close friend of mine, uh, Matt Mansinger. How are you, Matt? I'm doing pretty well. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing pretty we good. We are doing amazing. Yes. So um, introduce yourself to our audience. Oh, sure. Okay. My name is Matt Munsinger, as Fruit said. I am currently living in Wyoming. Uh, I am a video game designer by trade and have recently become an atheist, uh, going back to about last March. Yes. Oh, so not long. Is, right. Yes. Oh. A really new, new, we have a newbie with us, Luke. <laughs> I see that, yeah. A, a freshie. <laughs> <laughs> so, when, where did you start uh, your religious journey? Um, I had a dream when I was 12 years old that I fully at the time believed to be God reaching down and personally touching my life. Okay. okay. In what Where, way? Like, um, I was contemplating suicide. I was going through a lot of bullying issues in school. And okay. yeah. So uh, I planned things out pretty meticulously. The night before I intended to go through with things, I, for the first time, I think, really prayed seriously because I still did want to live. I just couldn't really find a reason. Mm. So I fell asleep praying, and I had a dream where I met a woman, fell in love, and I'd never really known that in my waking life before. That was new. Mm. So towards the end of the dream, I had this overwhelming impression settle on me that basically if I ever wanted that, if I ever wanted anything like that, I couldn't give up. I had to stay. It was profound. It was powerful. And to my mind, it was God. Mm. Right. At the time you thought that, of course. Did you have religious parents that uh, kind of um, helped you in, in the way of like, you tell them, oh, I had this profound dream. And they uh, helped you on the way of, like, uh, telling you it was profound and things like that? My mom is religious. My dad, I didn't know until I deconverted myself. He's been an atheist for a long time. So okay. that's interesting. At the time, no, I didn't talk with either of them about it, or really anyone in my family. I didn't want them to know that I'd almost killed myself. Right. I did seek out a lot of religious guidance from Christian friends that I had at school and with my mom and for a while my sister. We attended a few churches around my hometown just trying to find where we belonged, which religious community we fit best with. Mm -hmm. why, why, what kind of religious community was it? Was it Pentecostal? What kind of? The three churches we tried here in town were a uh, Methodist, a Pentecostal and a Mormon church. Ah, okay. Well, that's different. Well, some, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very different things. One thing you I need think to. It's so funny. It's so funny. I started out with Mormonism as well. It's so, <laughs> so strange. 
Mm. But uh, uh, did you get involved with church as early as 12 years old? Um, I'd on and off been going to church with my mom and my dad. He occasionally came since I was, I don't know, four years old or so. So it hadn't really been a big part of my life, but it was still there. And uh, I, that dream that you uh, had when you were 12, did that get you more involved with the church? Absolutely. Um, started really actively trying to go to church for quite a while. I, I joined the Boy Scouts after I joined the Mormon church. Yeah. Uh, they kicked me out, by the way. Um, I should have <laughs> gotten my engineering degree. The catapult that I built worked flawlessly. <laughs> Instead, funny. they kicked me out. I don't know anybody that built a catapult. Who knew? Wow. But, but yeah. Yeah. But it's it's strange that you, I don't know, since since I I became a uh, Christian quite why uh, quite late in life, it's kind of interesting to hear that you got it as as soon as twelve. Yeah. How did how did that form your um, youth and grown up life? I think the most important way that it impacted me is that a few years later I convinced myself that I met the girl from that dream and was in a 10-year relationship with her before we got married and I'm not going to sugarcoat it because of my beliefs I couldn't see how abusive she was becoming until it was really bad mm -hmm. and our separation is also what's led me from religion Interestingly enough, mm. yeah, that's 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 really strange. Do you have any questions about this? Look, I'm I'm feeling like I'm asking a lot. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, you're the one that brought up this interview, so you have more information yeah. than me to ask. That's probably why I'm being a little quieter. Yeah. Um, so far, the story's been kind of depressing, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well. As far as religion, it sounds like you accepted religion at 12, but you were already being indoctrinated before that. Much younger. Right. Right. So 12 is when you kind of made up your mind, but like Fro said, if somebody hadn't have said, oh, that, that could be a biblical dream, do you think that would have ever crossed your mind at 12? The indoctrination was definitely what got me there. I think a combination of having gone to sleep praying and having that dream, my brain went straight to God as soon as I woke up the next morning. So no one had to present it to me as anything. I did all the work there. Right, okay, yeah. But they had already so, presented you with the original idea of God, and then you, you ran with it because you're a 12-year-old. 12 12-year-olds 12 have great oh, yeah. imaginations also, so that helps. <laughs> I was a 12-year-old being bully whose brain was full of hormones, yeah. Oh, <laughs> any 12-year-old boy, yeah, hormones are yeah. all over the place, but yeah, especially when you're in that kind of fight-or-flight uh, sure. feeling, yeah. So how old were you when you met your wife? 15, so it was 15? three years Holy later. Holy crap. Uh -huh. Who meets their uh -huh. wife at 15? Okay, <laughs> you guys didn't get married at 15. No, we were together for 10 years. Oh, okay, so you met. Uh, in high school or something, middle school, yeah, and then oh, okay, childhood romance, not unusual in America. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, we were actually just friends for, I think, six years before we actually hooked up. And then we were together for 10 years before we got married. And then we were only actually married for three years. And, That's... yeah, you're right. When I put it all out like that, it is a bit dark. <laughs> it's just the beginning of the story. Usually people wait oh, till sure. the end of a story for the dark stuff. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> it starts out really, really dark. Right, yeah. But uh, I, I know Matt a little, so I'm, 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 I'm going to ask you. Can you tell me a little about the abuse that you felt from your yeah. wife? It was, for a long time, largely emotional. She really knew how to say things to tear me down and make me feel bad about myself. Mm. Um, for a little while, uh, there were a few instances where, towards the end, it became physical, where she would hit me. Um, that was admittedly rare, but I'm mm. also not going to say it didn't happen. And... Then there was one big incident of sexual abuse, and I'd prefer not to go into details on that if that's okay. Of course, oh, not. yeah, yeah. No problem. But that was uh, that was what prompted me initially to leave was that incident, and ironically, or I don't think irony is the word there, but a little over a month after I'd left, she ended up getting sexually assaulted by a coworker, and. I came back to her to help her through that for just over another year. And we tried to make things work, but it just got darker and darker and worse and worse. And I finally left. Uh, but how did she use religion uh, against you and to keep you in the relationship? You know, interestingly, she's an atheist and always has been. But she understood my beliefs really well. And in particular she understood the emphasis that I placed on love and feeling like our relationship was somehow divinely inspired, that it was meant to be. So she was using your own delusions against you because you had had that dream and you felt like she was that lady and now she's using that. Had, did you ever tell her about that dream and everything? Yeah. Okay, so she... Oh, would, yeah. Yeah, okay. Course. That's manipulative like a for dope. sure. And... Um, it was, you know, when I finally found the strength to leave, I also finally found the strength to start questioning everything I'd been raised with in that regard, because mm. it was directly those beliefs that had been used against me. That was, I mean, I also, I'm lucky I was well-equipped to deconvert. I grew up on, you know, sci-fi, Star Trek, Farscape, a lot of shows like that, that ask complicated moral questions and don't assume there's a god to give you an answer. So my moral backing and the way that I looked at the world around me was largely already secular humanist. I didn't really know the labels at that point, of course. Sure. But I didn't think you should be doing good things because God says so or anything like that, which is something I'm very thankful to the larger sci-fi community for. But how, how indoctrinated would you say you were when you were... Um, uh, uh, really in the thick of it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Inside, inside. Um, I was deep enough that I could have cognitive dissonance about things like knowing the biblical flood couldn't have happened, knowing that Adam and Eve couldn't have been a real story, understanding all of those things on a scientific level, and still bending over backward to make all of them 
you know, maybe metaphorically real or divinely inspired to teach us lessons or all, all, the, all the apologetics. I could believe those things at the exact same time, that destiny is real. God has a plan for all of us. He personally, uniquely loves each of us and knows us and invented the universe in some small capacity for us. Mm-hmm while still believing in science and physics and being very, very interested in those things. All right. Is in in the of, I, effort to move yeah. this along, because Fro will ramble, I know Fro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as far as uh, you said, you became an atheist because of this incident with uh, your wife, or ex-wife, I guess, now, right? Um, yeah. But uh, what... Uh, what was the catalyst from that event that made you think? Because I, I the connection is a little iffy right now as far as uh, in this interview. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. As far as from that incident with your ex-wife and feeling manipulated, where did you go? What was the thing that the moment when you went, oh wait, I'm I, I'm believing something crazy. When was that? Did you watch a show? Did you see something, uh, a billboard, or somebody said something to you? You know what I mean? Well, that's that's the crazy thing about indoctrination, I think. Um, I, I knew it was crazy for the entire last year that we were together. Um, my beliefs had been challenged so thoroughly, and I knew that she was using my beliefs against me. And that whole year, I... I knew that I had lost my faith and I was struggling to find a way to make the pieces fit in my brain again. But sheer stubborn determination kept me from admitting any of that until I was back with my family and away from her for a while and I guess kind of had some space to question my beliefs. I started looking up a lot of Christian YouTube channels about the Bible, trying to get back into it, honestly. But I also looked at them critically, and it wasn't adding up anymore, and eventually watching Bible shows led into watching The Atheist Experience and Talk Heathen and other shows like that. Oh, on YouTube. And Yeah. So you yeah. went down the YouTube rabbit hole. That uh, Absolutely. Okay. That's the answer I think I was looking for right there, yeah. And, and how yeah. ironic is it that an atheist uh, wife uses your religion against you to keep you in a toxic relationship. I find that I, I, I find that utterly interesting. I mean, humanity, we, we go all directions on those kind of things, you know? Right. Would, would, yeah. would, uh, do you think she actually considers herself an atheist or agnostic? Would you consider yourself at all agnostic or, or atheist all the way? Um, I would consider myself an atheist in terms of I don't believe in any god or gods. I'm not ruling out the possibility, though. Right, okay, so slightly agnostic, right, okay. Yeah, depending on whose definition you're using, yeah. Right, of god, because um, the definition of god can be a bit uh, uh, wide-ranging, right? You can go from right. Zeus yeah. <laughs> and Apollo <laughs> all the way to the god we know now, so yeah. Right. As for my wife... Um, she, ex-wife, um, she does believe in, interestingly, she believes in souls, believes that we all have a soul and that there is something after death, but she doesn't believe in God or any kind of God. So. Hmm. Okay. 
like I said, it takes all kinds. Right. There is kind of, <laughs> we talked a lot on this uh, podcast uh, about kind of met, those metaphysical religions. Uh, the, people yeah. kind of call them hippie religions, maybe. Those kind oh, of, sure. Yeah. Uh, those kind of things. They, they also believe in, like, the soul and reincarnation, but they don't believe in a god, or they believe that in Mother Earth is the one that's watching right. over you, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's not a religion, but it kind of is. <laughs> we don't really know. It's an excuse to flex those muscles where you need to believe in something. Right, right, right. Okay. That's how I feel about football. I yeah, football yeah. That's actually a really good analogy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but now that you have uh, become an atheist, has mm -hmm. there been any aftermath? Have, has there been any consequences other than uh, the positive ones? It's one of the one of the outcomes of a lot of the abuse I went through was being really, really socially isolated. Mm. And um, I kind of reinforced that with my beliefs as well. Like, okay, well, uh, why do I really need to go out and make friends if if I'm just gonna, you know, eventually die and go to God's kingdom? Dot dot right. dot. Right. And I think one of the biggest changes since I really accepted that I don't believe in any of that anymore is if this is the one life that I've got, I really want to get out there and make friends and have a life. And it's mm. still just as terrifying as it ever was. And it is terrifying. But I'd rather face that terror than be alone. What would be mm. the point of a life lived alone in that capacity? Right. No, well, unless you're a, a monk, I guess. <laughs> But <laughs> monks usually believe in something like God. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, something like God, I suppose. Yeah. Right. Um, but, uh, on, on, your, on your struggle out, have you learned? Have you learned uh, a lot about your own religion that you didn't think you uh, that you didn't know before you you left? Yeah, I'm definitely one of those atheists that has learned a lot more about the Bible and about religion in general since leaving the faith than I ever learned when I was in it. <laughs> I've done that a lot more so studying, you know, just... Yeah. I think it takes so that kind of study to become a re real atheist. I think the one thing I, I really wanted to talk about in this interview is that the mental <clears throat> game you have to get through to become an atheist, because I never was indoctrinated into any kind of religion. The closest I can think of being indoctrinated is the idea of just, uh, that was put into me by probably like sitcoms on TV and things like that that said, oh, if you do something bad, you're going to go to hell. And it was always, even mm -hmm. as a little kid, is in the back of my mind, even though I never went to church, I never did, just from society, is drilled into my mind, yeah. if you do something bad, you might go to hell. And I was always like, okay, um, I'll do stuff uh, good just in case. I don't necessarily mm -hmm. believe it, but just in case. To make that leap from just in case to atheism, where you go, okay, mm -hmm. this is just bullshit, is a, yeah. is a much harder leap than I think a lot of people think it is. And it's even harder when you are indoctrinated. So I, I'd like to hear what, how, how you feel about that or uh, how hard it was for you. I never had a fear of hell. I think a lot of that, again, comes from my morality was much more rooted in Star Trek than it was in the Bible. Okay. So I never grew up um, 
honestly, even when I was really deep in faith, I argued with people all the time telling them, I don't think there's any good argument you can make for why God would ever send anyone to hell. And I don't think it's a realistic concept, which is some mental gymnastics all on its own, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I do actually remember when I decided that hell was bullshit for sure, though. Uh, I was, this was before I'd really decided, oh, you know what? I'm an actual atheist. I had separated from my wife, was watching YouTube videos about the Bible. There's a preacher from Arkansas that does, you know, really, really dark and morbid viewing of the Bible where he's really literalist about it. And one of the things that he actually went over in detail was how the Bible actually doesn't provide much in the way of talking about hell, that almost everything we know about hell comes from Dante's Inferno, not the Bible. And I went, oh, you know what? That fucking makes sense. Oh, sorry. Shouldn't cuss. Oh, no, it's the internet. We cuss no, all Yeah, this no, is an explicit we, podcast. We, okay, we good, fuck, good, we good, good. We fucking cuss on this podcast. Trust me. <laughs> all right. Okay. We don't load up on YouTube or anything, so we don't have to worry about that kind no. of stuff. Uh, no, gotcha. No, no. Uh, good to know. Right, Fro, did you have any questions? No. No. Uh, there was something I was going to ask. Uh... Oh, right. I guess uh, when Fro was asking uh, the aftermath of becoming an atheist, kind of after, did, as far as the people you knew who were in the church, who were your friends and people who, you, uh, maybe acquaintances or people that you worked with that knew you were a Christian, did you lose any of those friends? Did any, any of those people turn their back on you? You know, that kind of thing. Not so far, but I'm worried that that's actually pretty close. Right, because um, it got... hasn't been that long, right? I forgot. Well, more importantly, I've got uh, two of my best friends are both still very, very strongly Christian, and they both grew up a lot more in the church than I did as well. We've been working on a video game project together for six years on and off now. Okay. And it's our, they both already know that I'm an atheist, but so far we've all just kind of collectively decided to not talk about it. And <laughs> with with one of them, I think that he's kind of running out of patience on that and either he thinks i need to just get back in the church game or i think he's going to want to part ways and that's pretty tragic especially because i don't think he's got a particularly good understanding of his own religion right mm. so you're worried but i still worried think about him in a way oh well, i'm not so much for him himself i think he'll get along just fine in any case for our friendship for sure and for our partnership, the three of us. Yeah, I mean... What do you... What? Oh, yeah, one, sec one second. I just want to let him know that as an atheist, it probably will happen. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. it hasn't been that yeah. long for you, uh, but I've gotten... Like, I've went to a job, like a new job. You meet all the people, and then maybe three months in, I go, oh, by the way, I'm an atheist. And then there's that <laughs> one or two people in the, you know, in the crew or whoever I'm working with that finds out, and they all of a sudden are not as friendly and they don't talk to you mm -hmm. as much and they kind of avoid you and it's like they're treating you like a pariah. Um, mm -hmm. It happens. And you mm -hmm. just kind of either have to accept it and just be like, okay, that's th that's them. They're doing their thing and I'm doing my thing. Mm -hmm. Or try to get get to them and be like, hey, this is I'm just me. I'm not any different than you. We're both human beings. You know, I'm not the devil. I'm not going to corrupt you. Uh... Those things can be hard, because I've... Mm -hmm. I remember one of the hardest ones when I was very young. 
whatever, not very young, but in my 20s, uh, a girl I was really into, and I thought she was very cute, and we were hanging out, and then she found out I was an atheist, and that she was gone. And it was like, yeah, I was, I thought uh, we really had something, and then all of a sudden it was that one thing, and she, she was just out of there. So, yeah. And it already has had pretty wide-ranging implications in my family life. On my mom's side of the family, pretty much everybody religious and on my dad's side of the family my granddad is mm. and i've already had some of those blowouts with them um right. i've got an uncle an uncle who fits the far-right tea partyist mold just to the t okay and i think he's done with me at this point um he found out i'm not against the gays and i think that pretty much just oh, wow. ruined our relationship in his eyes no no I don't know if that's I right. against the gays. Oh no! I know it's terrible. Oh. I'm gonna lose oh. a lot of good conversation there, probably. <laughs> it sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah. So, what would you say for people that are thinking about uh, leaving religion and become an atheist? What I... advice would you have have for others? Use your brain. Use your brain all the time. Examine everything anyone tells you, whether they're for or against the proposition of God. But use your brain and make up your mind. Don't let it be made up for you. That's a perfect. <laughs> that's just perfect. <laughs> I think that's perfect. Perfectly said. Right. Do well, you, thank you. Yeah. Do you regret becoming an atheist? No. Not at all. No. No, I miss. Do you miss God? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> That's I strange. Think... I want to hear more about that. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know anything about miss God. That's never been a thing in my life. So, I'd like to hear more about that. God is the most perfect imaginary friend that a person can come up with. It's everything that you need to support yourself, and it's this unconditional personality that always loves you and always tells you that things are going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I miss him today. Uh, today, yeah. I, I, I I miss him every day. I miss I miss believing in 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 him because he was the solution to everything. Did yeah, it, did it make things easier? In your life, is oh, that yeah. what it is? Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. So it just yeah, made, yeah. that's, I guess I've never yeah. felt that. I've never, ha I, I never even really idolized anyone as far as like a sports star, let alone looked up to <laughs> God. So, I, uh, yeah, I've just, uh, it's interesting to see other people's perspectives of growing up, mm -hmm. like, especially in the last few weeks, especially uh, in the presidential stuff. You got to look at people mm -hmm. when they say stuff about what people did when they were 18 or 19 or whatever, uh, or their little kids. People change, and yeah, uh, yeah, you got to accept that what somebody believed 10 years ago, they might not believe now. And who knows, uh, Matt? You could in five years be like, okay, maybe I do need religion. Do you think that could ever happen? No, I don't. Um, it's, and it's something I've actually put quite a bit of thought into as well, but I've always been 
kind of a uh, puzzle solver, problem solver type in general. Mm -hmm. And I've never been a stranger to using my brain to think things through, which is one of the things that makes coming out from under the veil of religion so strange to me, is to look back at a lot of those choices and go, how did I make that work in my head? How could I believe these things? Mm -hmm. Knowing that it's so much of a, a veil coming off for me, I, it would take direct evidence to convince me of anything spiritual. It would take direct, and I don't mean personal anecdotal evidence, I mean scientifically testable and repeatable evidence. This is the question and, I, I think Fro asked me when the, he was a Christian. <laughs> I think his question was, what if Jesus just showed up in the middle of L.A., uh, California, and just was hanging out mm. and talking to people, performing miracles? You know, then would you believe it, or yep. would you go, "This mm -hmm. guy's David Blaine. He's not really Jesus." Yeah, yeah, no, that's I, I asked that. I remember that. Yeah, a burden of proof would be pretty high at this point, right? Um, I I do think that uh, people could run studies on this living Jesus that would show me, yeah, okay, he's real. He does the things he does, and then I'd want everybody to start asking him a ton of questions about where he's been and why the world is such a shitty place. Hey, right? Yeah, good call. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was very nice to have you on, Matt. Thank you, thank you. for sitting down with us, and uh, thank you for your time. I yeah. think uh, my final thought is this. You are a fucking amazing guy that has gotten through all the trouble you have. And uh, we are extremely proud of you coming out of the atheist closet. Well, thank it you. Isn't, it isn't easy. No, but it's worth it, I think. Yes. Well, thank you for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. So, that was a cool interview. Thank you again for showing up for that. Uh, let's go into the movies. Um, uh, we're, covering, we're covering two Oscar movies this week as well. We're covering Vice and Black Panther. Uh, do you want me to go first? Yeah, why don't you do Vice? Because I did not get to see it yet. But I hopefully will right. watch it this week. Uh, Governor George W. Bush of Texas picks uh, Dick Cheney, CEO of Al-Qaeda, to be his Republican running mate in the 2000 election. Uh, no stranger to politics, Cheney's impressive resume includes the stints, stints as White House Chief of Staff, House Majority Whip and Defense Secretary. When Bush wins with a mayor... Narrow margin, Cheney begins to use his newfound power to help reshape the country and the world. Uh, this has uh, Christian Bale, Sam Rockwell, Amy Adams, uh, Steve Carell, uh, Alison Peel. Uh, yeah, wow. a lot of. Yes. You just wrote uh, on it, it like crazy, but continue. <laughs> oh. You want me to say that again, Don? You can say the last name again if you want. We're not going to cut any of this out because I don't want to edit it, but go ahead. Okay. Alison Peel. Alison Peel was in this. Okay. Yes. Um, it has a 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb, 66% on Rotten Tomatoes, 61% on Metacritic. And uh, this is definitely one of my favorite um, movies uh, of, of them all. Uh, I... 
this is maybe yeah I think it is my favorite actually for uh, by by this movies I don't think it will win but it's my favorite movie of them all um, it doesn't feel like uh, Oscar baity movie okay so in a good way. Yes, in a good way, because like sometimes movies are made very, very Oscar baity. Right, especially when, uh, when when they come out at the end of the year. Sure. Yeah, um, and you forget that uh, Christian Bale is in this movie because he looks so much like Dick Cheney and talks like Dick Cheney that it's like looking at Dick Cheney. Huh. Okay. Um, I, I hope he wins Best Actor if he's nominated for that. I, I don't remember. But uh, uh, also Steve Carell as Donald Rumsfeld is one of the best things in this. Just fucking amazing. Sam Rockwell as George W. Bush as well. There's nothing bad about this movie. I, I, like, I think I rate this uh, eight and a half, uh, nine... Maybe, even. Out of ten. Alright. Uh, Black Panther. Uh, did that say how many nominations it had for the Academy Awards? This one says six nominations. Uh, just letting you know. Black Panther, after the death of his fa- father, T'Challa returns home to his African nation of Wakanda to take his rightful place as king. When, the powerful, when a powerful enemy suddenly re- reappears, T'Challa medals, medal as king and as Black Panther gets tested when he's drawn into a conflict that puts the fate of Wakanda and the entire world at risk. Uh, Directed by Ryan Coogler, uh, starring Chadwick Boseman, Lupita Nyong, uh, Michael B. Jordan, uh, 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb, 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, 4.6 out of 5 on Facebook from... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is not. This should not be in there for best picture. Um, but that's fine, I guess. What are you gonna do? I mean, you didn't like it uh, as much as I did. I, but I will. I will tell you this. I totally fucking agree with you that this has nothing to do with best uh, movies to do. Uh, I didn't like it that much. Um, I remember when I watched this and and I said that uh, uh, it's it's very it's very like it's oh. very generic it's very generic it's very it's very uh, Marvel generic right yeah and in that sense there's nothing special about it in any way I mean uh, other than the um, at the time the uh, the people kind of go, uh, the public going crazy for it. Other than that, there wasn't ever anything special about the film itself. It's just a pretty standard superhero movie. And in that way, I, mm-hmm. I don't know why it's even on the list of best picture. It's got special effects I could see. You know what I mean? That's something oh, yeah. I could see oh, yeah. this movie getting. But best picture, no thank you. I don't know. Yeah. Uh yeah, like like I said, even though I liked it much, 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 much more than you, 
I think I gave this uh, seven and a half, uh, maybe an eight. Uh, how much would you give it? I don't even. I think I gave it a four. I believe I'd have to go yeah. back and actually listen. But I think it, I know it was below five. I was. I did not yeah. like. Them. I'll remind you, Fro. What are those? Was part of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I don't have any problems with, with your objection to this movie. Right. I, I just enjoyed it more than you. Oh, anybody <laughs> who likes superhero movies is going to enjoy it more than me, though, so there you go. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Movie round. Uh, any movies you saw this week? Uh, no. Okay. I saw two movies. I actually saw Ant-Man and the Wasp, bro. Which I saw the, f oh. which is like, I remember seeing Ant Man and enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, for it being a superhero movie, which I don't like, it felt, it felt unique. Ant Man did from the other yeah. superhero movies. It had, it felt, it didn't kind of follow the same cookie cutter that, uh, you know, the kind of the, some of the superhero movies do. This, on the other hand, did, <laughs> and I did not enjoy oh, it yeah. as much as the first one. No. Um. I even said it when I reviewed it that I I said that uh, this is much 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 more generic than than the first one, uh, and I I I think I remember telling you that I you, you will not like this uh, because it's so much more uh, like a generic superhero movie. Right, and I gave this thing a three point five. So you were correct. Wow. <laughs> I mean. Wow. There was a lot of really silly shit in here that was kind of like uh, this science mumbo-jumbo that they're filling space with as far as talking, and you're like, that doesn't make any sense at all, what you're talking about. And why don't you just go inside of, like, why don't you just shrink down to the, like to fit inside of the bad guy's body, go into his bloodstream, mm -hmm. and then blow his heart up? Why don't you just do that? Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? Like, you remember the movie Inner Space with Martin Short? Mm. Remember that? I don't. No, I don't think so. Oh my gosh! Go see Inner Space with Martin Short. Look it up. It's that movie is hilarious. I think it was from the '80s. But it's about like they shrink this this uh, spaceship thing down and they inject it into this guy's bloodstream and then they use it to like their plan is to like use it to like fix people's uh, hearts or you know for surgery reasons. But then these bad guys get a hold of it and they're using using it for nefarious purposes. And it ends up getting injected into Martin Short, and so he's being controlled by this thing inside of him. Go check out Inner Space. It's an old, old but funny movie. Um, okay. Right, and then the other thing oh, I saw... Oh, I did, I did see in a movie. Sorry, I totally forgot that I saw this movie. I looked through Netflix while you were talking. Were, right. you, were you done? Were uh, you done with your movie? Uh... I was about to go into the other thing I saw, but if you saw a movie, go ahead. Yeah, I saw Velvet uh, Busso. That was the other thing I saw. Uh, <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, cool. Well, it was kind of the biggest thing and the most talked about thing that came out this week, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you go into what you think about it first. Uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. If um, mm. At first it felt very pretentious, and then it felt like a <laughs> cheesy B-horror movie. Mm -hmm. Very cheesy B, except the actors in it are like all top name actors. Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, I can't even remember whoever else is in it. Uh, Renee Russo? Is she in it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm not looking at like any info on it right now. I'm just going off the top of my head, but um, it at first I was like, oh gosh, this is gonna be a pretentious, stupid movie. Uh, and then it kind of got into the cheesy parts, and I was like, okay, these cheesy parts are interesting. And then I started thinking, how did they get these actors to do this movie? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally had the same feeling about it. I I, I went into this not knowing anything about it. And uh, it just, like, when I went into it, I, I just thought to myself, oh, this is going to be about art and how art is important and blah, blah, blah. It's like, uh, I thought maybe it was going to be Andy Warhol thing. Do you understand? Uh, right. I mean, it had nothing to do with that. Well, in a way, no. it had to do with, like, in piracy, maybe? Was that what the moral of the story was? Is that piracy is bad? <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand. But, uh, what did you think about uh, the ending? Uh, well, yeah, I thought it was fun. Uh, it, yeah. The ending yeah. is the... <laughs> Uh, at the beginning, you, you, the title of the movie, and then you see her and everything, and like you assume that that's going to come up, at, like her past is going to come up into this as far as the movie goes, and that never does, but it, then at the end, it all comes back around. So I did like that. But overall, yeah. I gave this thing a 6.5. Good, but not great. Oh, yeah, no, I gave it to 7. That's, um, that's close. Yeah. Um, that's funny, yeah. Very... Very good acting, but very cheesy. Very. Like, the storyline yes. is very cheesy and silly and stupid. But at the same time, if you want to have... You can have fun with cheesy and silly and stupid. And I did, so there you go. Yeah. You just got to know that's what you're getting into, I guess. Well, I guess we will go into Miss Bella. Okay, Mexican flag. I'm so happy that you're here. <laughs> I've seen that lady in something before. Just can't place it. Gina? Yeah. You've seen her in the dead, uh, uh, that, uh... Walking Dead? When... No, <laughs> Walking Dead. Uh, in, uh... uh I can't remember. Mm. The Robert Rod Rodriguez movie. When she's on one leg with a gun. Oh, uh, Grindhouse, right. Grindhouse, yeah. But that's part of it. I just want to find my friend. It's good. Can you do a favor for me first? You mess with <laughs> I always like, like to. Park the car real close to the curb. I like that guy. He's good. Mm -hmm. I don't remember his name either, but he's kind of a bit actor. Yeah. Is this you? You have to believe me. They made me do it. Okay, is this like Donald Trump's wet dream movie so far? <laughs> Terrorists are trying to get across the border. Awful music, by the way. Yeah, the, the style of filming reminds me of something that I can't put my finger on. Like a movie I've seen... Uh, Hmm. Yeah, I gotta, I, I gotta remember it. It has a very similar style to other another movie I've seen, though. 
Okay. I see. She's an undercover agent. Ah. This feels very, very generic. Super generic. Yeah. I'm not giving up on my family. But they're definitely trying to cash in on the politics of the d this day and age, and just make a movie kind of a mm. around that that people would want to see. That doesn't necessarily—it's not this. This is—I wouldn't say this is a political film in any way, but they're using those kind of politics to uh, market it. I'm guessing. Yeah. So uh, look, I—I I think I ask you this every week. What is this Oscar nomin What is this Oscar nominated movie all about? Right. I tried to say. Uh, young Gloria seeks help from the police when cartel hitmen kidnap her friend from a nightclub in Mexico. She soon finds herself in big trouble when a corrupt cop hands her over to the same goons who shot up the place. Their leader, Lino, decides to give uh, to use Gloria for his dirty work uh, to avoid detection from the DEA. All right, 25% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, 5 yeah. out of 10 on IMDb, 39% on Metacritic. That's Miss Bala mm -hmm. is the name of this movie. Not great uh, scores there. Yeah. Not, not really. And uh, I, I think I think that's kind of the, the feeling I, I got of it. I, when I was looking at reviews for this... Um, I found uh, something from uh, Richard Roper from the Chicago Sun-Times. Uh, we don't usually do professionals, but I will read a little. Anyone thinking about uh, plucking down bucks to check out Miss Bella this weekend? You definitely deserve better than this. <laughs> okay. I like that. That's a, that's a quote for him. But... Uh, it was very, very hard to, to find uh, audience reviews for this on, on Rotten Tomatoes. But uh, Ben F. said uh, two stars, nothing special here. Another mediocre m movie glorifying crime and gun violence. And of course, Latinos is the future criminals. Yeah. All right, I went to the Facebook. And, uh, then, oh, sorry. Oh, no, I also found a very, very short five star uh, from Sophia S saying this movie was so good in all caps definitely recommend seeing it Gina is, uh, Rodriguez is good and stunning as normal go and watch it I actually have a similar one to that I got from the Facebook uh, Leilani Gutierrez says uh, it has flaws but Gina R R Rodriguez gave a very strong performance uh, she's very much the heart and soul of this movie. Uh, Dave Pierre Dominko says, "I would wait. Uh, I would recommend to wait till it comes out on DVD. Don't spend y'all's money on tickets and drinks and popcorn. It's not worth it." Um, right. Okay. And then Natalie Pearson says, "This movie was fire. Loved every second of it, of it." Did not expect that. Uh, six stars and a thumbs up, Fro. Six stars with emojis mm. and a thumbs up emoji after the six stars. Um, mm. Gloria is a beautiful woman, and her co-star was pretty hot as well. Reminded me of those Luscious... Of Luscious from Empire. Great job, guys. I don't know who Luscious from oh, Empire oh is. Yeah. But... Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I watched Empire. I oh, okay. see that. Yeah, two other movies came out. I will take one of them. Uh, uh, the last of these, the the Graham Stain story. What a fantastic title of a movie, right? It's a little long, but sure. Yeah. As a socialistic fabric uh, life rule in Indian uh, dissidents in the 1990s, journalist Manav Ben-Shari and his pregnant wife moves to the Oasis for opportunity and promises for, for a lucrative career. Uh, where the speculation mounts, the local Australian missionary Graham Strengths is illegally uh, proselytizing leprosy patients. Manav launches an undercover investigation in his newspaper. This has Stephen Baldwin as one of the main <laughs> cast in it. So, you know, it's a good movie when Stephen, Stephen Baldwin, you can't even get the right Baldwin. Stephen Baldwin. I can picture Stephen Baldwin's face though. He's he's the one with like the lazy eye, like lazy looking eyes, right? That's the Baldwin. Yes, yeah, yes. that Baldwin. Yeah, I can picture him. Sharman uh, Joshi and Prasha Malvavi and a lot of people you'd never have heard of. But this has gotten an 8.4 out of 10 on IMDb look. Oh, okay. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, that's that's uh, pretty good. Uh, other than that, there's not really any uh, reviews out there. Okay, uh, uh, Piercing is another movie come, that came out last weekend. Uh, after kissing his wife and baby good, go, goodbye for a seemingly normal business trip, Reed checks himself into a hotel room to accomplish something he's always dreamed of. The perfect murder. As a sinister plan unfolds, he soon realizes he might be in over his head with a mysterious unhinged call girl named Jackie. Uh, let's see who's in this. Mio... Wa Wachowska, Christopher Abbott, Leila Costa, uh, directed by Nicholas Pierce, or Pess, Nicholas Pess, uh, 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb, 69% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 63% on Metacritic, so pretty close scores there, somewhere in between 60 and 70%. And okay. if you look at the top picture, when you look it up on Google, there's a picture of somebody... Somebody's eye with a cigarette about a millimeter away from it. <laughs> terrifying. Mm. So this looks like a terrifying... Uh, it says mystery thriller. Hmm, okay. I can already so tell you which... right now which movie I want to see the most from. <laughs> yes, uh, that was actually my next question. What is the uh, movie you want to see most? Of this one, I think Piercing looks pretty cool. Okay. I'm going to surprise you by saying the least of these, uh, Graham's story, strange story. Uh, I just uh, like I like the concept of someone uh, getting undercover in a leprosy place. I, I want to see that. Hmm, okay. Uh, have we forgotten to talk about something that we should? Look, uh, Twitter CEO... Adam Levine shirtless in front of a church choir. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> we didn't mention that during the Super Bowl. There's so much cringe in the Super Bowl. It is so cringy. Like, some of the commercials would be, like, so bad. But then the halftime show, 
Adam Levine is like doing his song, whatever, and then this church choir comes out and, he's, and they're doing backup vocals for him. And for some reason, he decided that that was the the best time <laughs> to take fun. his shirt off and yeah. strip. Yeah. It was so cringy. <laughs> I think a lot of people thought the same yeah. thing on uh, afterwards uh, online. There was a lot of people talking about the same thing that we talked about during it. So. Yeah, and, and it's funny, it took me a day to understand that the uh, middle of the M in stage Maroon 5 uh, was M, and I, it was a little like a V, and the V was for 5, and that took me a whole fucking day to understand. Oh, I, I guess I didn't, yeah, that makes sense, I didn't know that either. I didn't, I guess I didn't really look close at the stage, I just saw the big M, so yeah. Yeah. But that, you know when it, where the M like meets in the middle there, there was like a very bright lighted a V, and the V is for five in 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 numeral in Roman 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 numerals. numerals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no. So anything else? Oh, Big Brother. Do you 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 have access oh. to Big Brother? And speaking of M's, mm. go ahead and look at the when they if they ever do a shot inside the. Uh, had a household room, Fro? Yeah. There is Masonic imagery on the walls in the in the head yeah. of household room. I was like, there's the Masonic M with the uh what do you call it? The square and the and it actually has the um what is the the all seeing eye, you know, the eye with the sunshine rays coming out of it. Look at go ahead and check out the the room in the Big Brother house, the head of household room, it goes all the way around. It's pretty. I was like, wait, I remember that from when we when we did the Masonic imagery uh, main topic on another digital citizen. Right. So tell the audience who has uh, gone out. Right, Cato uh, went out last time, right? Mm -hmm. Has anybody else gone out since sad. last week, or was it just Cato? No, just Cato. Right. That was sad though. Right. I was expecting Tom to go, though. Weren't, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Me too. But he's not in a good position. I think the reason they kept him in is because he's so on, like, so on the outside that they can kind of keep him as the person that everybody's looking at and divert uh, people looking at wanting to get rid of them. But hopefully it'll backfire on them because it seems like Lolo and Eva Marie are just super hot-headed, because I think they've been in, like, four alliances and broken up all of them at this point. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I was a little disappointed that he went out, to be honest. I liked him. He seemed like a, a down-to-earth guy. Oh, yeah, I mean, in the diary room, you could tell he was putting it on, but in the house, you could see that he was yeah. just a regular dude. I mean, I, ne I guess I never really thought of if... Kato Kalen was just like a regular guy, but he really is, and it seemed like him and Tom had a really cool kind of friendship that, like, right mm -hmm. off the bat just sparked up, and they never really were friends before, but that's what the Big Brother house does. It makes you uh, make friends and enemies with people you wouldn't outside, I guess. And how... Um, oh, I hate Eva Marie Insider. She is still the worst thing about that show. And she's even worse now that she feels like she's in power. So, because she feels right. like, so yeah. But it, it's gonna, now that they are, they are kind of the power couple, her and Lolo, it's gonna turn on mm -hmm. them and uh, people are gonna start seeing it and one of them is gonna go out and hopefully soon. But we only have like another week. I mean, it is celebrity, so it's a sh it's shorter than regular Big Brother, so. Right. 
So who is your uh, pick for the winner right now? I would still go with uh, Tom. I think Tom has He's a got chance. a really good chance, but I think the football player guy right now is doing a really yeah. good job as well. He's playing it under the radar, yeah. and he kind of has a deal yeah. with everybody except for Tom because Tom had said yeah. he was going to try to get him out. So Either one of those, but, yeah, I think Tom still has a good chance uh, as long as something happens like in the, the house. I like the football guy. So. Yeah, he's very cool. He, I mean, yeah. he, he takes the Zen in Zen Buddhism very seriously because he's yes. always like the most yeah. calm person ever. Yes. He's very conflict shy, and I think that helps inside there, to be honest. Yeah, maybe. But at the same time, he's using it to kind of uh, manipulate people because he's definitely causing a lot of the chaos in the house as well, oh, which yes. is kind of funny. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, no, I think we we covered everything. Yeah, that's uh, it. I can't I, I can't think of anything. Uh, no Eurovision, you know Eurovision this week. I know uh, Jeremy is going to be crying about that. But uh, next week, I think we have four or five songs. Uh, I, I we have decided to take a break after uh, manifest uh, to to just cover. Uh, your vision and other things. So uh, right now we're not we're not sure what we will do when Eurovision is done, but we're definitely taking a break to Eurovision is done. And then right I, now. yeah, and so. then we'll probably go back and start reviewing a show again. But we'll still be doing TV right. round where we talk about TV. We just won't oh, yeah, go yeah. into one show super in depth like we have been doing Manifest, no. which I guess is not super in depth. We were doing super in depth no. before Man- <laughs> Manifest right. when we were doing the whole right. show for like twenty or thirty minutes, but. Right, but but right right now there's too much just going on at the moment, so we don't see the point of beginning to review something else that just right. takes uh, space because we we have too much to do all, already. Right. Uh, let's talk about what's coming up next week. All right, news Will of the you week. Go through it. Um, of course, Manifest episode 15, penultimate episode, mm. actually. So, episode 16 yeah. is our finale, so pretty close. And that, that, that's that's one, that's why I brought it up, because we only have two episodes of Manifest left. Right, so. two, two weeks, so yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know, kind of excited for the finale uh, to see how crappy it is, because that's what I'm assuming, but we'll see. Yes. Could be amazing, who knows. Uh, <laughs> another digital <laughs> review of Cold Pursuit. I have no clue what that is. I'm assuming it's a comedy. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a comedy to me. Another Digital Citizens. The country we most want to visit we've never been to ever tournament. That's a long name for the yes. tournament, but that's what it is. Right. Uh, we were, we're just going to pick countries we've never been to. Right. Fro will pick four, um, and then I will pick four, and then we're going to have them compete against each other and see what the country is combined we both think is the one we want to go to the most yes it's it's going to be interesting yep and we actually this week fro set up another interview for later in the month about uh, another interview about atheism actually with an author so that's going to be exciting at the end of the month hopefully that all works out Mm -hmm. um other than that i think that's next week of course we'll watch we'll do two more oscar pictures next week as well Yes, uh, we 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 need to figure things a little out because I'm going to be without the computer right now for for, for a while. So we need to pick things that is a, a little 
a little different. Well, yeah, we don't want to do anything that Fro has to like needs to do tons and tons of in-depth research, like a religion or a very a conspiracy theory, because that takes a lot of brain power and computer power to just and time that Fro does not have right now. So let's. We're just going to no. be doing some simple things for the next few weeks, and then we'll move from there. Even though I think it's going to be interesting to see what country we, we want to visit. Yeah, we, we'll definitely keep it interesting. But uh, yes. other than that, I think we're done. You want to wrap it up? Yes, I want to. From Norway, this has been Fro, and his name is Luke, and he's from the United States. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, citizen.